Hi everyone, welcome back to Chair with Ping. This is Ping and um, you know it's been three months since I published my first episode on this channel and as well as in the Mandarin channel. Um, so I just set up a support link that you can find from the episode note. If you like my show and want to support my work, um, you can choose to you know, there are, I think, three options that you can support $1, $5, or $10 a month um, through your credit card. Uh, it's on anchor.fm. So, you know, if you like my show and you want to support what I'm doing, so you can just head over there and the link and see the details. And today, we have Agi as our guest. I didn't edit a lot of it because I, I just want to remain authentic. A lot of times that, you know, we were actually thinking with the questions and to recall our experiences as uh, medical interpreters. So I hope you enjoy it. Let's get started. Welcome to Chai with Ping. This is Ping Robert. And in this podcast, we will cover a range of different topics from culture, languages, and underrepresented stories. Join me with a cup of chai and listen to these stories. Hi, welcome everyone. Welcome back to Chai with Ping. Well, I don't know what happened to my mouth because sometimes English just doesn't flow through my mouth. But, you know, being an interpreter, I have a very special guest today. She is actually my medical interpreter coach and she just taught me so much about medical interpretation and I just love her um, personality and as a friend uh, so that's why I invited her today to come to my show and chat about um, the interpretation industry and also her experience as an interpreter as well as interpreter trainer. So let's welcome Aggie! Hi, everybody. My name is Aggie, and yes, I'm with Colorado Language Connections, and I've been doing interpreting for several years, and um, yes, I I taught um, being and, you know, and, uh, and the rest of interpreters with medical interpreting course, and I, I truly enjoy it. Um, thank you so much for the introductions. Aggie, you told me you're from Indonesia, right? Yes, from Indonesia, yes. And when did you come to the U.S.? So I came to the U.S. Um, it was back in 2004 for college. Mm, what did you study? I studied marketing. Ooh, okay. And, and tell us a little bit about how you get into the interpretation industry. Um, you know what? That's a very good question. Um, the thing <laughs> is, <laughs> um, I didn't even know that interpretation was a profession. You know, back in Oklahoma, I helped my community um, translating, you know, between provider or other public service provider. Um, I mean, public service agency, um, you know, when they need help because some students, like they brought their spouse and their spouse normally don't speak English. So they didn't need help. And then um, their husband, their spouse, um, usually like take classes and then, well, they cannot accompany the wife for um, medical appointments. So usually when I have time, um, I help them accompany and I translate. You know, looking back and I thought to myself like, 
you know, I could have like start charging people because I did a lot of interpreting. I'm kidding about that. <laughs> um, you should. <laughs> um, and then uh, when I moved to Colorado, um, that's when I, you know, look for a job and um, APDC um, called me and, you know, they said, I, we received your resume. Um, you know, we have this opening. Are you so interested? Um, of course, when I apply, I also, you know, learn about, well, what kind of job it is. So it was, you know, marketing and then doing some analysis you know, for a translation department. So I, I study a little bit because I want to be good. You know, I want to succeed like during interview and I want to get the job. And I learned so much that translations, interpretations, you know, it, you know, it was such a huge demand. You know, um, people need translations. People need, um, you know, like there's like a huge community that actually like need help when it comes to, speaking with doctors or with police department um, or with other, you know, human service agency. Um, and then I just want to clarify the difference between interpretation and translations. I, I'm sorry, I should have, I shouldn't like mix up like between those two, but translations in our terms is for written and then interpreting is for oral. So I just want to clarify. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, that was clear. I think uh, a lot of listeners who don't have any understanding around interpretation or translation will really benefit. Um, and so what kind of people would need interpretation that, like, for example, when you encounter those people, um, mm -hmm. is it just hospitals and police uh, departments? Oh, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's more than just police department or hospitals, but also like public school. Um, the thing is, you know, um, public school, like they have um, parent-teacher conference, you know, where the parents um, meet with the teacher and then talk about like how the kids are doing um, at school. And then the thing is, um, teacher want to explain to the parents, well, this is how your child is doing. And the problem is sometimes it's just like really hard when trying to explain the parents when the parents don't speak the same language. Um, human services, clinic, um, et cetera. I mean, mm. legal, like law firms, they also need um, interpreting. Um, religious in institutions also need interpreting. So any anything that, you know, um, require, well, I guess they create interactions with like non-English speaking uh, audience or people that they need interpreting most likely. Mm, yeah, and, and like it's probably a lot of times beyond our imagination because like if we actually speak the local language then we might not be using that services but like I, I know that a lot of people use interpreters in the court yeah. And yeah, or, you know, like advocacy departments, like when mm -hmm. they're trying to support victims of anything, like that's also um, when we come in. So then how has your experience been? Because it's been quite a few years now, right? Right, yes. Uh, I'm just going to be honest. Um, when it comes to interpreting um, 
when my office requested me to interpret, like them, it's like I go outside and, and you know to translate for to interpret. Sorry, interpret for uh, the patients and doctor. Um, there's several interpreting that I actually like respectfully decline, and that is court. Anything like legal and court, I respectfully decline. So, I mean, outside that, like, you know, for human services, for medical, for public school, um, for education, um, for medical, I certain, I am willing to do it. And I can explain mm. to you why, because mm. when it comes to legal and court, there's so many vocabularies and we're not talking about like, oh yeah, interpreting from English to Indonesians and vice versa. But also when it, it, it comes to interpreting, we also need to understand well, what does it mean, you know? Um, and then that can compromise the quality of interpreting if we, the interpreter, we don't even know what that means. So it's always good, you know, to continue um, <clears throat> learning about like new vocabulary. Sorry, I know that's a little bit off track. <laughs> No, 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 that's that. That's totally fine. I do understand we do have limited vocabulary, like medical field and court legal fields that are totally different. I wouldn't be comfortable going to the core as well, especially yeah. when it's a, a serious case. Yeah. But have you been to the court? No, I not yet. <laughs> no, no, never been to the court. Um, I think you have, right? You know, with the victim assistance, my understanding. I may be wrong. Like I, I, I thought you have to. The, I thought you've been to the court. Oh. Well, I haven't been to the court, but uh, I have been. I I worked with the police one time, several, uh, two times. Um, for the yeah. for inter for interpreting with the DV That's cases. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, is there any special story that happened to you, like you can't forget? Well, you know special story related to interpreting. Well, I can tell you one thing. So in Indonesia, we have, um, what do you call that? Um, you know, when you have common cold, okay? Um, we use coin and then we dip it into fix or any like minty bomb. And then, so we dip that coin and then we scrape the back of the person, you know, who is not feeling well. And then the purpose, yeah, it's called karokan. Basically, yeah. we, we scrape that. I mean, we don't scrape, but, you know, kind of like make like the zebra line. I hope that mm -hmm. makes sense. And that purpose is to release the toxic air that is trapped into your body. Yes. Uh, so it's like traditional healing. Now, mm. the thing is... Um, Back when I was in Oklahoma, you know, we have situations where um, the couple did karokan, like using yeah. that coin to scrape like their, their child because their child yeah. was not feeling well. Yeah. So they thought, okay, well, we're just going to use that karokan and hopefully like he will feel better. Mm. Anyway, that son, you know, not feeling better. So they end up taking it to the urgent care. Um, the good thing is, you know, I was there. Mm. And um, the thing is, when doctor just, you know, saw like that child's body, because like they take off the clothes and like, uh, what? 
is that? <laughs> like the, the red line, the bruises yeah. on the back. Like what is that? <laughs> Ooh. Oh, see what it means? You know, yeah. People who don't understand about our culture or our traditional healing would assume assume that oh, that must be some sort of child abuse. Yeah. Right. So yeah. that is yeah. So that's also part of the interpreter's role as a cultural broker. Mm. Obviously, that would be like the least least you know thing unless when you know when it's necessary and then it could jeopardize the flow of communications um mm. so that you know the doctor look at the parents and then look at the child uh what is happening <laughs> um you know without communications um or like we you know the parents kind of have like issue like to explain it's like oh you know it's It's the thing that common in Indonesia, like the thing. <laughs> um, but, you know, we explain that this is a common traditional healing that we use a lot in Indonesia. And it's supposed to release the toxic air. Um, you know, without explaining, like, what kind of healing is this? They can call, like, the social worker and said. You know, I want to call it the child protective service because clearly, like the child is being abused by their parents, but that was not the case, right? So yeah. that's a very interesting story. But that is wow, that's very cool. Yeah, it's like the cultural sense of it. And then, then do do you? How do you decide when you need to intervene? Um, I think that when there was definitely confusions between provider and then also um, uh, the parents, when you know there is some sort of like misunderstanding and then the confused look like between both parties. Um, but that was like back in Oklahoma when I didn't even know there's like a proper way to interpret. Um, but you can see from the facial expressions when like people just look at you, look confused, like, well, what are you talking about? Well, what does it mean? Like, huh? What? <laughs> so, um, but you know, I also have another um, experience, but this is, you know, and I, and I don't think this is something that is, you know, confidential, but because this is about my dad. And um, there's one, one time that I, Um, you know, took my dad to the clinic and my dad was very proud of his English proficiency because, you know, he, he owns, you know, restaurant and his restaurant is popular with foreigners. So that's how like he practiced English. Yeah. Um, and um, so my dad was not feeling well. I took him to the urgent care and yeah. I said to my dad, do you want me to, to interpret for you? And my yeah. dad said, oh, no, 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 you don't need to interpret <laughs> for me. My English is good, but you know, but just, but, but but just you know, just come with me, just in case. But you know, you don't have to interrupt. You know, my English is good. I can understand. So then I said, okay, all right. And then my you know doctor explained to my dad, blah 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 blah. And then, okay, well, I'm gonna leave you too. I'm gonna have like the nurse. And then my dad looked at me and said, okay, what did the doctor say? And I was like, ah. Why don't you just ask me to, to <laughs> interpret for you when the yeah. doctor like trying to explain, you know, for for your treatment? And my dad's yeah. like, you know, it's just I'm just so embarrassed because I don't want like they think that I'm I'm not smart. See, 
you know. Oh, that's, yeah. And that's also kind of a cultural thing. It's a cultural thing. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. So, like, so in in that case, how would you suggest other people to deal with this kind of situation? Um, I mean, in I mean, in that situations, it's always important to do the pre sessions um, because you know I accompany my dad. Um, my role at that time wasn't an interpreter; I was a family member, so I didn't do any pre sessions. But if I had to interpret for patients. I'll make sure that I have my pre-sessions, even in the you know um, in the time constraint. I'll make sure that everything you said will be interpreted to provider. So if you don't want to say anything, mm-hmm. like don't yeah. say it. Um, yeah. You know. Um, so whatever the patient said, and I just interpret it. And sometimes like, why are you saying that? Why are you saying that? <laughs> so they get so they so they get the idea that you know. Everything will be interpreted. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that sometimes with client or a patient who have never had any interpreter, mm. um, they, they, they feel really weird. And um, it, it, they, they try to speak in English, but I, I know that there are a couple of things that they, you know, they're not sure. Yeah. Um, so I, I just interjected. But, you know, like I said, it's always important to do the pre-sessions. So. Mm, yeah, I remember like there was one time when I was interpreting for a, a couple, and so the wife was with because I am from Taiwan, so I have a different accent than uh, from the people from China. So like we kind of distinguish each other pretty well, pretty fast as well. And so this wife is then she just kind of suddenly asked in a group um, conference and said that Are you Taiwanese? In front of a lot of people, but we're having a group conference. So I'm like, ah, it's like even when the pre-session was done, but but you know the client might not take it to the heart. So I just try to be very neutral. I said that you know the client is asking the interpreter if if mm-hmm. she is from Taiwan, and so the imper- interpreter would like to answer yes, and then I went back to the client in Mandarin. So it's just like. <laughs> And it was a very funny situation because the wife suddenly realized that that she should not be asking that question. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then it's also like, do you, have you have you ever been in a situation like the family members could be more than one? And oh then, yeah. So every everyone has an opinion. How how like what kind of situation was that for you? You know, um, I, I have in, in, in similar situations, um, usually I just use my hands to kind of like navigate. Um, usually the provider the one that end up, okay, everyone, please calm down. Because you know what I'm saying, you know, some of the family members, they were, you know, born here or like they moved here when they were young. So anything that they, they, they have like opinion and, you know, they can communicate. Um, you know, no, no problem at all. Uh, but that also creating like disruptions. So usually it's the provider who, you know, end up telling people that, okay, everyone, please, you know, take your turn. Um, but if the provider didn't say anything, then I just raised my hand. Um, you know, the interpreter is having a hard time to interpret when everyone is speaking at the same time. 
Because imagine that like people just like giving their opinions. Well, how can I interpret as an interpreter? Yeah, and they will have like a lot of side conversations, especially. So usually I think it's the first generation, like the parents who need interpreters, but mm-hmm. their kids were educated yeah. here. So they are very fluent in English and they kind of dominate the whole conversation. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. and I also had the experiences like the providers will talk directly to the kids instead of the patient themselves. Yeah. And so that, that was just awkward because they will be talking on their own and I'm like, mm, I'm not sure if I should interpret everything, but maybe I should. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is there um, any other sm- special incident happened to you? Um, I mean, um, other than the traditional healing, like not really. Um, well, you know, I interpret for the fine needle aspiration um, at, um, at the hospital in, in, in Denver. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, I know, I know what it is. I know what it is. But, you know, I'm, I'm just like translating, or I'm mean, sorry, like interpreting for the patient. Mm. And the patient asks, well, what is that? Yeah. And, and the provider look at me. What is? <laughs> you know, like you should know. Yeah. But anyway, so that was like really awkward uh, moment, you know. Um, but but anyway, you know, provider understood that you know I'm I'm an interpreter. My responsibility is to interpret a conversation between the provider and the patients. I'm not here to be like the expert to know all that the medical terms. Ah, um, yeah. But however, mm. it's always good for us as an interpreter to continue to develop our knowledge and skills because that would make the com- the communications, you know, much um, like the flow, like much better. Um, yes. If we know like the concept, like the concept, like the terms. Hmm. Yeah, I was just thinking it's like, it's such a small little world that a lot of people have different different ideas about interpreters and all that. But mm-hmm. you are so passionate. I, I think you're so professional and you're also like just experienced. And later, how did you become a trainer for people like me? Oh, um, so... Um, my department has an opening for trainer and at that time they were looking for um uh for medical interpreting trainer um and then um i i just apply and you know again they look at my resume they interview me what why are you interested and i said well you know i've been interpreting i learned um, about the industry. I'm very passionate about it. I think it's very interesting, a very dynamic um, professions. And I, I have the teaching background. So I would like to take this opportunity. And so they said, okay, yeah, I mean, you know, um, we, 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 we see that uh, you're, you're very interested and you're interested to take this role. So um, then they get me the license. So that's how it started. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know all the stuff that you were teaching before becoming a trainer? Um, before I became the trainer, I also took the course. 
um, oh. for bridging the gap medical interpreting course. So I already yeah. have that the foundations. Um, I also, you know, Google uh, research, you know, online um, for more medical terms, um, for more um, about interpreters, ethics, and, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Because it's like when I went to the training and I was like, what? Because we basically went through the whole systems like like in, in our bodies. And then I was like, oh, Aki, you're so cool. You know every part of the body and like the functions and the, the most common words of every organ. And I'm like, I right now, I still I still go back to check that booklet and all that. Because like I don't remember everything when I don't use it every day. Yeah, how did you remember all that? I think that teaching helped me remember. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you know, telling to other people helped me retain the information. I know it sounds so crazy, but for me, if I want to remember something, then I usually try to explain to other people. And um, sometimes I just explain to my siblings and to my parents, and they would be like, what are you telling this to us? during family conference. And I said, well, because I just learned something new and I would like to remember. But of course, you know, they just roll their eyes. and But that's okay. <laughs> that, that's, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. It, it helped me to, um, to remember. But yeah, so yeah. that's how, that's how I, I keep all the information. And the more you do it, like repetitions, um, makes things a lot easier. Mm. Was there times that you translated wrong things or interpreted yes, wrong things? Yeah. Yes. Tell me yes. what happened. <laughs> um, um, so when I interpreted wrong, um, so there was that patient who have um, a large gland on her neck. I can't remember. But I, I think that I, I, I interpreted wrong and I just realized that, oh, no. But then I immediately made that correction. The good thing is I remember immediately that, I mean, not remember, sorry. Like, you know, the good thing is I, 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 I noticed that I just made a wrong translation. So I just translated wrong information. So um, then I, I told provider and patients, uh, this is the interpreter speaking, I uh, would like to make corrections. Um, and, you know, and they said, okay, that's, that's fine. Um, as long as you told us immediately, you didn't wait until, I don't know, maybe like five days later. <laughs> um, mm, yeah. So, but, you know, thing, things happen, right? Things happen. Yeah, totally. Sometimes we make mistakes. <laughs> so. I, I had a, an experience with, like, for example, if the family comes and one of them are, one of them was like a English native speaker and the other one needs interpretation and so then when I'm interpreting and then the native speaker kind of corrected me and I was for example okay so for example this patient will say like I I have like kidney stone removed uh-huh. and then I translate into gallbladders uh, gallbladder stone removed and then the native speaker will say like well I would like to correct that <laughs> because it's not gallbladder stone it's a uh, kidney stone and I was like <laughs> so I was like, hmm, do, how, how do you feel when there are native speakers or, or bilingual per- people around, but they're not doing interpretation? Um, 
Um, and what do you mean, like, say it again? What do you mean, like, when bilingual speaker but doesn't do? So, yeah. So, for example, the family member came, and then they are they kind of know what's going on, and then they、mm-hmm. can pick up the keywords like that, and then they. Well, I I become very stressed <laughs> because they probably have better English than me. Yeah,、um, I mean, I think that my first incident, I, you know, when someone corrected me, I mean, well, again, let me take it back. They didn't correct me, but you know, they said, I think it was, you know, something.、Um, I was embarrassed, you know. <laughs> I, I think that it's a normal feeling, right? It's a normal、yeah. feeling, a normal feeling.、Uh, but you know, in the, in the end of the day, I think that we learn from mistake. If、mm. we if we don't learn, I mean, I'm just saying that if we if we don't encounter problem issues, mistakes,、yeah. and we won't be able to grow. That's all I'm saying.、Mm. So now,、mm-hmm. you know, take everything with a grain of salt. You know. We all human. We make a mistake,、yeah. but the most important is we learn from that mistake, and then we don't go into the same hole. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that's a very good mindset. I have to say. Yeah, yeah. it's like we keep learning, and、yeah. and keep improving. I mean, I'm, I'm、mm. just saying that it's not just the interpreting, but also in other type of professions. You know, when someone corrected me, especially someone who is not. Like my supervisor, like you know, someone, someone is not even in my department, <laughs> and like I think you said it wrong, or like I don't think that's how it's supposed to be. You know, I used to take it like, oh my gosh, you know, yeah, <laughs> I'm embarrassed. Like I feel like my world just like closed down. Ooh, but <laughs> but now it's like、oh, okay, I I appreciate that you telling me. Because if、mm. if no one told me, then I wouldn't know. So、um, mm. you know, you kind of have to look at, you know, from the other perspective that people telling me because they really wanted to help me, not they're trying to like, you know, embarrass me. Because I used to get embarrassed. Like I used to get like,、oh, damn, like what's wrong with me? <laughs> you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, we all mature in that way. <laughs> What was there any、um, assignments that happened and made you feel great when you left the,、um, the place? I mean, my favorite is parent-teacher conference. I'm not gonna lie about that. <laughs> and why? Why do you like it? Because I guess when I interpret, like the students happen to be great, you know, and the parents seem so happy. And you know when the teacher tried to explain things, and then、um, I interpreted the parents. The parents ask questions. You know they they seem happy with each other, so、oh. that give me like a good feeling.、Um, but yeah,、um, mm-hmm. medical. I mean, medical. I don't know. I mean, I they give me like a good feeling. I mean, I think that all appointments give me a good feeling, but you know. When it comes to medical appointments,、um, sometimes the ish the 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 appointments the 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 health issues you know already like kind of make me sad in a way, even though yeah you know just like come back for follow up you know but for 
cancer patients and I, you know, kind of feel really bad, even though, you know, like I, 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 I feel good because I think that they have successful communications. Um, but, you know, yeah. Yeah. But the actual sickness yeah, is the actual even. sickness. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Wow. I had one appointment uh, with, with a, a patient and that po- appointment was actually the medical provider was revealing the test results and they were trying to tell the patient that they had cancer and so that was really hard for me I mean I, I even I, I felt that like it was kind of a drama because I was not expecting that kind of heavy news and then see the patients and medical provider trying to communicate in a way which is hard for the patient mm-hmm. to accept the news. And so I, the end, I was in between, right? <laughs> I'm right. trying to be the conduit for their language needs, but like the emotional impact was just so huge. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, it's, it's hard. It's, it's you know, in, in interpreting, we are also expected to be, um, you know, a professional, but, you know, at the end of the day, we're also human, right? I mean, we, we have the feeling. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, 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 it's a very hard work because we still have to maintain our professionalism, you know, yes. and we have to tell the news to the patients, like, you, you know, you, you have cancer. I know. Yeah, and, and at that time, like, the patient was not taking it very well. It's like, that's not possible. There must be something that we can do, right? Could he, could he be wrong from the test results? But then it's like the pro- medical provider tried super hard to explain to them. And for me, it's just like, I felt like both sides were repeating themselves, but they're not getting connected. Has yeah. anything happened to you like that? Um, not in that particular situation. So I, I don't have that experience. Yeah. So, mm. yeah. What are the common assumptions that people have you as an interpreter? Um, people assume that interpreting is an easy work. And people assume that, why do you need to get paid? All you have to do is just translate. But mm. honestly, interpreting, think about, like, you have a perfect, solid boil egg, okay? Or like a, not a boil egg, like a solid egg, okay, round and nice. That <laughs> is your brain before yeah. you interpret yeah. Once you interpret, it becomes scramble egg. Mm. It, it's 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 it's, <laughs> it's a very it, it, you know interpreting is not for everybody. It's not for everyone. And seriously, you know, just like any other occupations, you know, not everyone can be a doctor, not everyone can be teacher, and that's something with interpreter. Um, so people is that. <laughs> Just use Google Translate. <laughs> oh, we, don't, wow. we, don't, we don't need interpreter. We, we, there is Google Translate. There is the artificial intelligence. Yeah, yeah about that. Um, <laughs> you know, because we are talking about 
the phrases, you know, even the words itself has several meanings. Mm. Even AI, um, the Google Translate, at least, you know, for, you know, I'm just like looking at for the next, like maybe like 10 years, I think there's still a need to work on the syntax, the phrases. Um, they, They still cannot mimic, you know, how people communicate. And I'm sure like technology eventually will catch up, but I'm not saying that with the next 10 years. I might be wrong, mm. but you know, at, at this time, people still need human interpreter. So whether it's through phone or like through video remote or like yeah. in person, yeah, um, they're not being replaced. So that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Mm. Did anyone ask you to do things in the appointment that you're not supposed to do? Um, I mean, like, based, I mean, based on my experience, like most appointments, um, you know, like when provider like just left the room and then they left, they let me with the patients. Um, I, I think that's something like they probably were, were not aware or like they didn't know that we're not supposed to be left alone with the patients. Um, so, I mean, they just said, you know, like, uh, like um, I'll be back, you know, let me get the chart or like, let me get like something, um, yeah. blood work and things like that. Then I usually just like step out. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Because, mm. you know, I, I just don't want patients say something to me, then, you know, later I would be like, I don't think I want to hear that information, you know, or something that's mm. very sensitive. I would yeah. rather provider or someone, you know, from the medical team be present when I interpret. Yeah. Well, I had patients asking me to take things or ask things for them. So... Um, like, like for yeah, for example, uh, if a patient is in a bed and they want to call a nurse or something, and, or like get some food or something like that, then it's like they will ask me to do that, and I'm like, hmm, I'm not supposed to do that for you. But you know, it's awkward. <laughs> I have to tell you a really funny story. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Yes. It- Okay, it didn't happen to me, <laughs> but um, one of my um, dear friend interpreter, um, so interpret for the patient, and then the patient is elderly, okay? And then I think that, you know, she lived by herself. So anyway, and then like she asked the interpreter to take her um, the King Supers, to buy like some groceries. I know. What? Yeah, to buy some groceries. And then the interpreter thought, oh, that's probably like part of my job. And then, okay, well, just, you know, collected the mileage and then like, you know, give it to the agency. And after the agency, like, uh, what is this? <laughs> yeah. And then <laughs> the interpreter said, uh, because I took the patient uh, to King Supers. Um, she needed to get some grocery item. Uh, this is my mileage. Like, mm, we do not reimburse mileage. 
Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. What are the common things that the patients or the providers usually? Okay, let's focus on the patients. What are the common things that the patients wouldn't know usually, and then they ask interpreters to do? Um. I mean, it, it, I mean, in my situations, I mean, you know, usually like patients just ask like where I'm from, you know, but like uh-huh. which part of Indonesia, but. They they never ask me something that's like really, or something that are like oh can you take me to the grocery store? Mm. Um, I guess I must be lucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, and and I think for the listeners we can kind of elaborate a little bit on that. Like um, as interpreters, our job is just to provide the language part, uh, mm-hmm. language conversion. But other than that, I don't think it, it is our. We shouldn't be doing that. Yeah, yeah. Like for example, taking the patient to the bathroom, or taking water for patients. Anything or else like, you want to add? Or watch for their kids. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, it's like, you know, watch my kids for a little bit. I'm just gonna go to do something. Yeah, and it's just like. Eh. And for me, I'm still kind of new to the industry, so like sometimes mm-hmm. I don't really know how to say no, but like I need to learn to say more no. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's like another thing. You know, I think that we as an interpreter, we also have um, to be firm. Mm. Um, you know, when we interpret, you know, for provider and patients, you know, especially when they ask. As like to do something that is not related to our job, you know, like watch for babies, watch for the kids, yeah. or or like you said, like take the patients to the bathroom. Like that's really that's not our responsibilities. Mm. You know, our responsibility is uh, so provider and patient can have a good communications, and they both have like positive outcome. Yeah. Mm. All right. So my last question for you, Agi, is what do you hope to see in the near future for the medical interpreter industry? I think that um, what I'm seeing is a lot of uh, clinics are using video remote interpreting. Um, I'm, I'm seeing that more like more demand, you know, especially that, you know, we are in the middle of COVID-19. So I I see that there will be like more requests um, for for video remote, you know, rather than have Mm. to be in person, you know, come to the clinic. But then like as of now, what we're seeing, at least from the agency that I work for, like we start seeing that, you know, more in-person interpreter like being requested. However, I see that there will be more demand for video remote. So. And, and that's something that you're hoping for? Well, I mean, I, I think that, oh, wait, I think the question is why we do help for the medical interpreter. <laughs> I was thinking about the medical, I was thinking about interpreting, <laughs> interpreting, but I'm saying is that, you know, for medical interpreters to, you know, continue 
um, learning medical vocabularies and then be adept in the technology, make, make them feel or like have them um, be prepared, like what's going to happen because, you know, like when the pandemic happened, that's when the clinics like switching to video remote. You know, even for the appointment base, uh, for in, in, I'm sorry, interpreting base appointment. Um, so yeah, we just, you know we just have to adapt with the technology, um, be mm-hmm. alert like what's going on, like what is changing within the interpreting industry, mm-hmm. and you know, um, take trainings if you know if if they could, um, and then you know and develop the like the network, like get to know. Um, as people as, as, as possible because interpreter um, usually work solo. And sometimes, you know, when we work solo, we can feel isolated. So sometimes like it's always nice to have uh, like the system support, you know, the people that also in the same profession. So like join associations and things like that. Um, but yeah, you know, for the near futures, hopefully more interpreters um, get their training done because that is important. Um, just because like someone that have, you know, major in biology, that doesn't mean that, that the person knows how to interpret um, mm. the correct way. And, and it yeah. does make a huge difference. You know, mm. people can, can just research online and now, oh, okay, I guess that's how we're supposed to do it. But there's a difference between reading online versus actually have the practice. So, um, if you know, for in, for any bilingual speakers who are interested to become a medical interpreter, I encourage them to like get their training done. Um, if they could uh, find a training that allows them to practice on site, because it does make a huge difference, like between online and in person. I guess yeah. I'm I'm I, I guess I'm more into um, in person training than online although the agency that i work for like we offer like live webinar and then you know some people do like it but i personally think that you know when it comes to learning about the foundations um of interpreter um it's always good to find um training that allows you to practice outside you know with other Mm. interpreters or other bilingual speakers too yeah yeah, absolutely. And uh, we will definitely put some information in the episode notes if um, anyone is interested to become an interpreter. Um, I mean, Augie is here in Colorado, so um, she can definitely provide more information if you um, want to go for that medical training. And is there anything else that you would like to say before we end this episode, Augie? Um, I mean... I, I think that we have covered um, all the stuff that we discussed. Um, so I, I think we're good. <laughs> sure. No problem. All right. Thank you so much, Aggie, for coming to the show today. Okay. Is, is, re- is, is, it, not, is it still recording? Or? Uh, it is, but like, yeah. Okay. No, okay. Usually people will say thank you as well. <laughs> oh, 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 I'm sorry. Okay, you, okay, you need it. Okay, thank you so much, Ping, for the opportunity. I'm I'm so fortunate that I get, um, I get the invitations to share um, about my professions. Thank you.
Thanks for listening to Chai with Ping. Let us hear your voices and stories. Please share this episode, like, and follow us on Instagram at Chai with Ping. You can also email us at chaiwithping at gmail.com. Till next time. Thank you.